0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin
1: Foote.
2: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers. And the world champion, Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706 111 706 111 We'll be having our weekly conversation with McNeese State, play-by-play announcer Tom Hafer. But other than that, we will have open phone lines. Cajuns had a really, really, really nice win last night. And I didn't I didn't like the matchup. I just we detailed during the week all the reasons I didn't like it. But the one thing that was in, you, in the Cajuns' favor in this matchup is that for the first time in, I guess you could say Arkansas State, other than Arkansas State, the Cajuns had played most of the – almost everyone they had played were, was a team that was – defensive-oriented, ran the ball better than it threw it, and, you know, played pretty good defense. Now, some were a little iffy on special teams and others were better on special teams, but for the most part, they had played a very similar type team for most of the season so far. This team was very different than anyone they had played, and the Cajuns' defense was tremendous. I thought the short week would, would hurt them, but it turns out it didn't. Uh, you know, that you got to give the Cajun's defense tons of credit. For whatever reason, they matched up better with Georgia Southern's offense than just about anybody they played this year. But the thing that was obvious was, man, Coach Dez, as he's, you know, he would never admit this in a in a press conference or say it, but he had to be thinking, man. This is this is this is nice, not playing a really, really physical plus defense for a change. Because whether it's Southern Miss or Marshall or South Alabama or Troy, I mean, most of the Cajuns' opponents are really good defensively. And not as good offensively on paper anyway. And so they place, they face One of the, statistically, one of the top passing games in the country. The team that led the Sunbelt Conference in scoring. The team that, you know, they were, they, they, the most explosive offense in the conference to date. And they shut it down more. Now, they got yards, but they did a great job, and they only gave up 17 points, and it was, uh, it was, it was a great performance. But it was, it was just play calling wise, it had to be like, man, this is nice playing a not good defense. And and the question was, was the offense going to be able to take advantage of the fact that they played a not good defense? Um, And the answer was yes. Uh, they probably, you know, they probably should have, their their level of execution was probably a little more where they should have scored in the 40s, especially with all of the sharp fields they had. But again, what, what does it matter whether you win thirty-six to seventeen or forty-two to seventeen? I mean, it, it it doesn't really matter. So, uh, lot, lot, look, I have been very. I'm I'm one. You know me. I don't like missed field goals. I don't like bad special teams play. I don't like it at all. I had it forever and ever and ever and ever with the Saints. They finally got rid of their special teams guy. And for the most, well, this year has been a little disappointing. But they finally gotten a little better at special teams, and I kind of got used to having some good special teams and kind of like having good special teams. So i um probably a little harsher than some in terms of evaluating special teams play, and so I've been fairly crit- I-, I think special teams cost the Cajuns two or three games this year. You say, well, the, def- the offense could have done better. Yes, that's true. Yeah, the defense could have done better. Yeah, that's true. They, But if you just do – The basics well of special teams, you know, I think this team is in a much different situation this year. But with all that said, you know, last night the special teams play was outstanding. And, again, they were playing a team that had arguably the best punter and place kicker in in the league. So, again, Georgia Southern was really good offensively, best passing game in the league. The best kicker and the best punter. Now their defense is way is the worst, like way at the bottom. Um, And so, with all of that said, the Cajuns won special teams as well. Their offense outperformed, their defense outperformed, and their special teams outperformed Georgia Southern. And they, you know, they had a couple. You know, they had the one outstanding fifty-yard return on a punt. By Dante Fleming, they had another couple of other good returns, and, and Kitty Amadeus makes all five field goals. If Coach Dez, and he should have, um, doesn't go for it on, what, the second drive of the game, he, Kenny might have made six field goals. He tied the all-time school record. He might have owned it by himself. Could have made six field goals last night. Now, you don't want to have to kick six field goals, but if you got a lead, a field goal is better than nothing. It's better than three and out and punting if you already have a lead, and it just shows you the difference. You know, midway through the third quarter, I tweeted out, you know, essentially the Cajuns are in the exact same position that they were in a week ago on Saturday. The difference was on Saturday he went 0 for two on field goals, and they should have been up 23 to nothing. And in this case, they were up 30 to seven by 23 points. Essentially, the same game. The difference was he made the field goals last night; he missed them on Saturday. And if they're up 23 nothing on Saturday, I think they close it out. But they weren't, and they didn't. And, uh, no, uh, just outstanding job on special teams, the return teams. Now, they got lucky. That's the second time in, what, three games maybe that they gave up a really long kickoff return and it got called back by penalty. Now, I guess you could argue. I I, I didn't – I don't know for sure. You could argue that, well, maybe without the penalty, they don't give it up. That's possible. But – I uh, still don't like seeing, you know, 60, 70 yard kickoff returns. Uh, and you just hope, you just, you, you kind of get fortunate that there's a flag on them. So that needs to be tightened up a little bit, especially next weekend when you go to Tallahassee. Cause that, a lot of times when you play a team, Uh, a really good team from a Power 5 school. One of the things that really becomes uh, the ginormous difference between the levels is special teams play in the return game. Now, that's not always the case. When the Cajuns got their big win over Iowa State, they were way better than Iowa State in the return game, and that's why they won the game. So it doesn't always turn out that way, but – that, that can be the thing that that you know where you you feel like oh, I'm kind of in the game and then you you kick it off to them and they return it 100 yards for a touchdown and it just or you know return a punt or block a punt or some special teams play can be a disaster in a, in a you know when you're playing a power 5 school so outstanding want to give them credit been critical of the special teams this year because again I thought special teams lost the game uh in, at ULM and there was one other game this year. I mean, potentially lost the South Alabama game. Potentially lost the Detroit game. Certainly negatively impacted um, those two close losses. So the Cajuns are now 5-5. Five and five. Um, They need to beat Texas State. Unless they can pull off a big upset of Florida State, which no, you know, I don't think too many people are going to be predicting that. But um, unless they pull that big upset off, then they got to beat Texas State. Well, the Cajuns have never lost to Texas State. One thing that the Cajuns had in their favor, despite all the negativity in the in the in the you know, wasting a seventeen nothing lead at home against Troy was that two of their last three opponents are two teams that they kinda own. They're five and one. They're five and one now against Georgia Southern. They've never lost to Texas State. I don't have to go back and look, it's probably like eight or nine now. But they've never lost to Texas State, and none of the games have been close, really. Now that game two years ago was it was a Halloween night game in San Marcos, and it was a wacky game. They ended up winning by double figures. It was a little closer than the final score showed, but they still won the game by double figures. They, they've never. I mean, most of the games are like forty-two to twenty, or I mean, they just they typically just kill them. And uh, every win has been by double figures. So they own Texas State. Now, I was thinking, uh, this is a very different coach at Georgia Southern, new coach. They, they're they not playing the same brand of football at all that they've always played. And so will their ownership of Georgia Southern extend to this year? Well, the answer is yes. I, You know, I – because things were cuz everything at Georgia Southern was so different i didn't know how it would but again many people just scoff at history i try not to scoff at history i think that's a that's a it just shows a lack of perspective in my opinion and once again i doubted history and shit i didn't say it was wrong i just wondered i had some doubts whether history would would continue to repeat itself in that series and it had, it did. And so the Cajuns are now five and one against Georgia Southern. And again, they've never lost to Texas state. Now we're not talking about 20 years or whatever, but you know, Texas state's been in the, in the league for a while. And, um, I remember they, you know, that when they first came in here with coach Francione, it's it just it's never been competitive. Like they just own Texas state in football. It's it. They just crush them almost every year. Um, And so we'll see if that extends. But first, um, they got to get a little healthier. I I was a little surprised that Ben Woodridge played the last series. I I think he is not real healthy right now. I don't know how healthy he was coming into last night's game, to be honest. But I think he's gutting it out right now. Uh, We don't know a lot of details because they're very hush-hush, but you could tell he's injured and – Um, You know, he went into the tent last night, and one of the times that he came off the field, he wasn't looking too good. So he's got about a week and a half to get healthy. He's been waiting for this his whole life, so I know they're going to try, try, try to keep playing, but you'll wonder how healthy he is and how smart it's going to be for him to play much against Florida State unless it's a competitive game because you really need to be 100%. For as or it's not hundred percent, but as close as you can for the Texas State game, because that game right now is way more important. Now, obviously, if you beat Florida State, it would be tremendous, but you gotta kinda like, you know, there's a risk reward there in, in the decision making there, especially at the quarterback position. So that's gonna be a tough I think they're gonna have to make some tough decisions there. And we'll see um how you know how how he does. I mean, they're not gonna tell us, but When we get to next Saturday, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Ben is utilized. All right, we'll take a timeout. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to uh, get in, discuss the Cajuns, um, any of the things that are going on in the world of sports, and we'll get to high school football before we leave because it's a big high school football Friday night. We'll do that, but first, after this timeout, we'll talk Mini state football with we'll play-by-play announcer Tom Hayfer next on The Game. Tune in every weekday
0: at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
2: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, double header of LSU tomorrow. It all starts with football team playing early in the against Arkansas. Pre-game begins at nine a.m. Kickoff set for eleven o'clock. Then later that day, the men's basketball team takes on Arkansas State. Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Pre-game begins at four thirty. Tip at five o'clock. You can hear all the LSU. Football and men's basketball action right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we have with us Mr. Tom Hay from McNeese State. Play-by-play uh, with a smile on his face after a big Cowboys victory. How are you, sir?
3: I am excellent, Kevin. Thanks for having
4: me again.
2: Well, uh, we talked, we've been talking for a couple of weeks now that it looked like down the stretch. There was some W's on the schedule If the injury situation cooperated and if the team kind of kept their heads up and so far we're seeing that.
3: Yeah, it was a nice win over Eastern Illinois and with, with, uh, Houston Christian and then Lamar on the schedule, the, the Cowboys really looking to make some pay and finish the season on a strong note. Let's hope they're able to do that. And, uh, you, you said the injury situation; it's it's still a problem, obviously. With uh, you know, Kadem went out uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he apparently is back and ready to go, but Walker Wood, who stepped in and played so well for him uh, against Southeastern, uh, he's out for the season now. So they're going to go with Ryan Roberts, and that'll be interesting. He's a walk-on freshman, a um, redshirt freshman, walk-on. He's the son of of Ron Roberts, who's now the the uh, defensive coordinator at Baylor, and he was the former. Southeastern Louisiana head coach, which is where we know him from. Um, And he had to step in against Eastern Illinois and did just fine. He he didn't do anything more than just manage the game, but he made good decisions and didn't turn the ball over excessively. So um, he's getting the start. That'll be interesting to see.
2: Yes, we got a chance to see him play uh, as a high school player, Lafayette Christian here in Lafayette. So certainly familiar with Ryan there. So, the uh, obviously the mainstay has been running the football, and they just continue to do it. It, it. It's a nice thing to be good at, especially when you're playing teams that you know are on your level. It, 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 it's a it's a great safety blanket.
3: Uh, no kidding. If, if your quarterback's going to be injured, if two quarterbacks are going to be injured. Uh, the best thing in the world to have is a good running game. The offensive line was outstanding against Eastern Illinois. Um, and they're a team that's very much like the Cowboys. I mean, they're rebuilding, uh, very young. I think they had 45 sophomores on the uh, on the uh, roster, uh, similar to what the Cowboys are doing right now. So, um, uh, but but yeah, the running game. Deontay McMahon was fantastic. 200 plus yards, another couple touchdowns. He drew a touchdown pass, uh, which helped out a lot. That that uh, took a little pressure off uh, of uh, Ryan Roberts, et cetera. So uh, yeah, it, it was great to have him perform like he has. He, he's on a three-week run. It's just, it's uh, just been sensational. And he can keep it going, you know, he can maybe, you know, in line for some national awards.
2: All right. So I noticed you. 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 you uh, have you had any issues with this Houston Christian thing? Because I, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes I adjust to those school changes and and name team changes quickly, and some of them I struggle with.
3: We were talking last night, um, we had a, a women's basketball game we were doing before that, we were talking about it, the over-under from the odds at both the, the casinos in Lake Charles and out in Vegas is 14 and a half times that I will call them Houston Baptist <laughs> in the broadcast on Saturday.
2: Well, I know. I noticed you did it without a hitch, though, at the very beginning, so I was impressed. <laughs> I,
3: I, got their, uh, I got their game notes uh, open on my computer screen right in front of me. I cheated. <laughs>
2: All right, so you know, obviously, you know they're a team got the same record you do, two and seven. They do have one win in in conference play, and it's against Lamar, who you play next week. And so, and they're, but they're coming off a game where they gave up, you know, seventy three points to Incarnate Word, and of course, you know how explosive Incarnate Word can be. But uh, kind of, what do you see in them?
3: It was seventy. I think it was seventy to seven at the
2: half man
3: and uh incarnate word pulled all the starters which I notice they didn't do that against us uh, but they did against uh, Houston Christian and so they took the gas pedal off it, it was apparently just a, just a complete um, you know just destruction in that first half uh Houston Christian played a little bit better in the second half but I asked coach Goff, I said, how does a team emotionally recover from from a beatdown of of that magnitude and he said you know uh, kids are resilient and, uh we'll see how they do uh that is uh it, it was something uiw is really good and yeah explosive is the word for them but uh that's uh that's incredible just to put that kind of numbers up in a half in a, in a conference game
2: well do you i mean did you get like are they are they i'm sure everyone has some level of injuries but were, were they are they having you know missing a lot of starters or anything right now or not is that not the case that doesn't seem to be
3: the case. I see a couple that uh, have missed time, but I think a couple of them are back. Um, they're just a rebuilding team like everybody else. Mick Shealy's the coach, and he's very well respected. Been um, there nine years. Um, I think that's part of their transition up into FCS and, and into the conference, etc. He's been there the whole time. His, uh, I guess, his main claim to fame is that he was the only, um, only Division One coach in the United States who. Felt like Bailey Zappi was uh, deserving of a scholarship offer, and we've seen what he's done since then. So I, I you know, he's trying to build a program and, uh, and doing kind of the same things that Coach Goff is doing. Um, just not having a lot of success.
2: Well, it's got to be tough there. I mean, I know you know Texas is Texas football, but you're like, you know, you're not second or third or fourth on most lists. I mean, you're you're you know it. it, it you know, I don't know. Have you ever been to their facility? Like, I know y'all are playing there, what, tomorrow at about 2 o'clock over there. Tell me about that stadium.
3: It's, uh, you know, high school football in Texas, they've got some really, really nice stadiums. This one would not measure up to any of those. It's really kind of an amateurish place, and people joke about it. It's, it's only got seating on one side of the of the stadium. On the opposite side, there is a Walgreens uh, and, and you can you can watch the cars going through the Walgreens drive through, and even hear some of the conversations going on out there. So people make a lot of jokes about you know, hey, I can pick up my prescription while uh, you know at halftime or whatever. That that's kind of the the jokes that go on in, with it in the conference. They're a well-funded school. They're gonna they're gonna get better with their facilities and uh, and other things, but uh, they're they're still in the growing pains. And Cardiff Word is in, in the same boat. They've got a very very. Um, you know, poor facility for, for the conference. Uh, but they're winning, so it, it changes everything with, with the victories, doesn't it?
2: So do you feel like this is a game where, you know, even if you give up points, that it, it just seems like the defense is the worst part of the team and, and that y'all should be able to, to move the ball without, as long as you don't turn it over pretty easily?
3: Yeah, I, I think if we can run the ball, you know, Eastern Illinois, Southeastern, they all stacked the box. There were eight men in the box almost all the time knowing what was coming. The offensive line was good enough, and Deontay McMahon was good enough to, to really just sort of shrug that off And here in the last couple of ball ballgames. Uh, we, we feel like they're going to do that, and uh, if if they're no better than the teams that we've been playing, we should still be able to run the football. and. Running the football just just changes everything. It just reduces your odds of turning the ball over and makes downs a lot easier to make. And uh, it takes a lot of the decisions off of the young quarterback.
2: Now that we're in those these last three or four games, and you may not I mean I don't know that McNeese has got the luxury with some of the injury situations. They might have already done this, but how many guys? Are there, are, there, are there a handful of players maybe that haven't played that are really young, that they're high on, that might get some playing time here, you know, in these last couple games?
3: I think pretty much everybody has gotten in that they really wanted to take a look at uh, here. Since you, you, can, you can still redshirt somebody with four games, uh, the, the freshmen. So uh, part of that was by necessity in the middle of the season when the injuries started coming, especially to the defensive backs. And uh, uh, so we've seen a whole bunch of youngsters in the uh, defensive backfield. Some of them have played pretty well. Coach Goff has just raved about Krayon Bennett, um, kid from Iowa that's played so well. And uh, um, some of the other guys have done well. I really don't think there's anybody else that we're going to be surprised by. Uh, a couple of the receivers have done well, too. John McCall had a big week last week as a freshman. Jalen uh, Johnson did pretty well. Uh, as well, so we're seeing a lot of young guys. Uh, EIU was in the same boat, and uh, I think Houston Christian is going to be doing some of that too.
2: So, if you if you're up fifty to ten in the third quarter, there's not even like a quarterback, or are you pretty much exhausted? All those with the injuries,
3: um, it, it, there's probably some guys, some walk-ons, etc. That haven't played yet, but I think the guys that they really want to see have, have gotten some time. Uh, yeah, if it's fifty to ten crossing our fingers and hoping that it will be, we'll, we'll see some guys that haven't gotten
2: in. All right. Well, look, enjoy the wins when you get them because, you know, when, you, when you're when you in a rebuilding mode, you got you got to really savor the win. So uh, enjoy that. We'll see what happens. Hopefully uh, when we talk next week, it'll be coming off another convincing victory. Thank you very much Thanks. for your time, sir. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. All right. Tom Hay from McNeese State, head football coach. You know, when you're not getting wins – you savor them, you know. I I remember, um, you, you know, the Astros are dominant now, but I can remember the years when they were terrible, and those wins that you get in the regular season, when, when you had no chance to make the playoffs, man, those, you, when you're when you're really good, victories are just a means to an end, and when you're really bad, you just savor those victories. So, I mean, I think. If, I'm a McNeese State football fan, that's what I'm doing right now is savoring the victories as you get them and hope that you can get to the point where you play games where they're just a means to an end. And um, it's uh, there's more pressure to that. There's more pressure uh, to that for sure. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back again, phone lines will be open on the other side on the game hotline, 706-0111. If you want to talk Cajuns or LSU or for that matter, uh, like we just did with Tom. And we'll be talking high school football as well. We'll be back on the game. Uh, Uh, Uh,
0: Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously.
2: After that is 2013, which I call the forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10-6, and six, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13-12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness, and ineptness, or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile.
0: We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foot and footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on uh, the game. Want to remind you, the Sweet Dough Pie Festival is coming back, serving up a slice of history and deliciousness. Every year, you have pastry chefs in homes vying for, and home cooks, I should say, vying for the best sweet dough pie. The public is the judge. It was rescheduled for this Saturday. That's tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Grand Coteau Town Park, in Grand Coteau. For more information, call 331-6352 or visit the town of Grand Coteau's Facebook page. Man, I could eat a nice sweet dough pie for breakfast. That uh, that, that, that that would be an outstanding choice. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Um, we talked a lot about, well, we talked McNeese in this last segment, but before that we were talking about the Cajuns win. One of the things that I'm sure was the was as the game was going on, especially um was a topic of discussion for people following the Cajuns win over Georgia Southern last night. Was Coach Dez's decision to go for it on fourth down, up seven nothing from the three yard line. And I just I think that I'm one that believes that a decision is a good decision or bad decision before you make it. Now, some decisions are more like 50-50 kind of decisions. But even if I don't think the success of a decision makes it bad, like let's say you're down by eight and there's, and you got it fourth and a foot, and you're on the other team's forty-yard line. You may not make it, but but I got no issues. It's it's the right decision to go for it in that situation. Now, doesn't mean you're going to make it, especially if you run like man, coaches. There was a there was a play last night where it was like third and one, I think it was, and and and, and Georgia Southern they ran some sort of play five yards behind the line of scrimmage and the Cajun stuff that I'm like, why, why would you possibly call that play? It's just, I, I, I don't Sometimes coaches just overthink something things. But my point is, you don't, uh, in my opinion, because the decision works does not mean it was the right decision. I always use the old example. You could, you could maybe make it across Johnson Street at 5 o'clock on a weekday blindfolded. But even if you make it and no car hits you, that doesn't make it a good decision. Still, was stupid. It just it just happened to work out. And if the Cajuns had scored a touchdown, I still think it was a it would have been a bad decision. And and coaches should know this. But and look, that's not a coach does things. We had this discussion a lot when Coach Napier was here. Coach Napier passed on field goals a lot when he was here. This is not a new thing, passing on "quote unquote chip shot field goals to go for it and not making it. Because part of the reason why you do it, I think, is you want you, you you feel like especially in this matchup, where we're playing the highest scoring team in the league, so we need to score touchdowns to beat him. You have that mentality in your mind. You also have confidence on your defense to assert. You feel like, well, even if we don't make it, you got him at the three-yard line. Well, what happened? They, he threw in an interception. They return it to the four, and, and, and the Eagles promptly go 96 yards for a touchdown. So at that point, you're like, oh, what, what is going on here? But, but the reason why I just think going for it in the middle of the field is very different than going for it inside the five-yard line. It's just very different. Like, it's hard to score on one play from the three-yard line. or Like, if you're at the one-foot line, maybe, yeah. But if you're at the two-yard line, three-yard line, four-yard line, and you have to score, it's not that easy. The field is so condensed. And coaches, it's like they forget that. This isn't just a Coach Dez thing. You see this all the time. I, I, I just I just don't think it's why. You can't – the decision to go for it and or the play calls that you make when you're inside the the five-yard line or inside the 10-yard line are very different if you have the same down and distance but you're at midfield. It's just a completely different animal. Because think about it this way. If it was that easy, if that many coaches – thought they had a play that they could score on they were that confident from the two or three yard line then why wouldn't you just go for it for two every time like if you were that confident that you could score from you had just great plays and you and, and, and you're gonna it's you you got like an 80 to 90 percent chance of making this in one play from the two or three yard line why would you not go for two every time it's easy right? No, it's not easy. And extra points, there should be a ninety-some percent chance of happening. Going for it is a less than a fifty percent chance of happening. That's why it's a bad decision. Even if you make it, it's a bad decision. Uh, And now he went for it from midfield on fourth and one. I didn't have an issue with that. Also, understand. Going in, now here's where analytics come in. Or we call analytics, but it's just numbers. I mean, going in, Georgia Southern's defense was giving up 60. Uh, the opposing offenses were are converting on fourth down 62% of the time. But And I don't know the answer to this, but I have a sneaking suspicion that the vast majority of those are not from the two-yard line or the three-yard line. It's just tougher down there. It's just tougher. So – um, and especially a fan base where the two-point – I mean, how often do we see two-point conversions not work, especially if you're a Saints fan? Um, and so it's, you know, this idea that it's easy to score because you're that close to the goal line, it just doesn't make sense. All right, again, the game hotline is 706 706-0111. 706-0-1-1. 1-1. Also want to remind you, it's it's Friday. High school football all over the Acadiana area. If you uh, say, Martinville won last night, by the way. So congratulations to Coach Derwin and his team. Uh, they beat DeRitter. And, you know, early on, they play a pretty tough pre-district schedule. And I remember interviewing... St. Martinville at the end of a loss that put them like one and four, zero and five. They had gotten off to a to a to a really rough start, and and they were playing, and they just were coming close, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. And he was kind of down in the dumps. And then you looked at the end of their schedule, and you say, I just I just think once they get into district play, they're going to start winning some games. And that's exactly what happened. Beat the Ritter twenty-eight to seven last night. So congratulations to St. Martinville. Now, if you're a fan, and you know you're a fan of this school or that school, then go to your school, obviously. But like, if you're a fan of one of, one of these teams that are on to buy this first week of the, of the football playoffs, but you're but it's Friday night, and you're a high school football fan, and you want to go, you have a ton of options. Um, Not too many options in town. In the parish, there's only two teams playing at home. Acadiana High is playing Riverdale, and obviously you can hear that right here on MeTV FM 97.7 FM, 1330 AM or on your free mobile app. Uh, or you could go to Youngsville. Ascension Episcopal is hosting Patrick Taylor in a 15-18 matchup. Other places, though not too far of a drive, that are options. Cecilia is hosting Franklinton in a 13-20 matchup. That should be a pretty good football game. So I, I, I would uh, I would think that 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 that's that's a pretty good game. Church Point is hosting Rain. That's where I'm going to be tonight in Church Point. Rain Church Point. When the two teams played earlier this year. Shouldn't have memorized this because I looked at it. I think it was 52-47. to 47. It was a really high-scoring close game in Church Point 1. Uh, and, you know, those are two teams. We interviewed Coach Arsenault on Wednesday. that know each other very well. They played earlier this year. The two head coaches are neighbors, as he told us, uh, and Coach Kane Guidry from uh, Rain and Coach Arsenault from Church Point. So that that's a really nice game. Another one that you don't have to go very far is to Erath. Eunice versus Erath. And by the way, you can hear that game as our Vermilion Parish Game of the Week um, on 106.3 Radio Lafayette. So our our normal Vermilion Parish Game of the Week crew will be in Erath. Really nice game between Eunice and Erath. Another 15-18 matchup. So that's a nice one. And by the way, the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week um, is between Northwest and Iota. And, again, congratulations to Iota. I was there last week. They beat Church Point and won the district title. They got a 12 seed, and they will open up with Northwest, a team they're obviously very familiar with in the same district. And you can hear that. Um, the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on News Talk, 98, 5, 15, 20 a.m. Another place you could go here not too far, Catholic High and New Iberia is at home against Lake Charles College Prep. That's not the greatest draw in the world. Opelousas Catholic. A little bit north uh, is playing a familiar uh, foe in St. Edmund. Uh, OC is a 15 seed, and I think they're a little dangerous. I think they're a little better than a 15 seed, and, and they're doing very well. Other teams at home in the Cadiana area include Lauraville and in another 13 20 matchup against Vidalia. So there's quite a few games, not a very um, long drive from Lafayette that you get to. Also, don't want to, certainly don't want to forget that the are returning. 4A state champion, Westgate Tigers. They're a 10 seed against 23 Bell Chase. They're at home as well. And, and, you know, Westgate lost three games in district play, but that's no embarrassment. You know, they lost to Turlings. They lost to St. Thomas Moore in a game that I cover where they actually played very well, lost 42-34, and I thought really grew up that night. Their their sophomore quarterback, that was probably the best game considering the competition he had played uh, and they really played well in that game down the stretch, so you know. And then of course they lost the LCA as well. So I I think uh, it would not be it would not surprise me at all if Westgate makes a deep way deeper run than a lot of people think they're going to make um, in in the in the in the in their bracket. And I got to tell you, I, I normally it's like you know in the four A bracket or the five A bracket or whatever, and and. With this new playoff system, it's not all coming readily right to my mind. Whether it's Division One or Division Two, you know, it's select, non-select, just, just craziness. Um, it is what it is. We gotta, we gotta get used to this change. Let's put it that way. So, again, uh, in the next hour, if you want to talk about any of these high school football matchups, we certainly could do that. We'll look ahead a little bit to the brackets uh, in the second hour as well as, you know, we'll have some more comments on on the Saints matchup. I still can't believe some of the things I'm hearing about that. For now, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, finish out the first hour on this Friday on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers, and the world champion, Houston Astros. Welcome back. To for Kevin Foote on the game. want to remind you, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs at the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Non-stop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at LAChristmasChannel.org or download the free mobile app on both your Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to Holiday cheer from here through Christmas with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. I hope to partake some of that. I'm I'm a big Christmas guy. I love Christmas music. I know some people are Scrooges and they and they don't like Christmas music. I love it, so I'm looking forward to it. I need that. Like with the way the Saints are, I kind of need Christmas music right now. Uh, it's you know it, it it it's crazy. Um, of course. Almost everywhere I go and see people that I haven't seen since the Astros won the World Series over the weekend, like last night's football game, people are constantly reminding me, don't let the Saints ruin your joy that you got from the Astros winning the World Series. And and I've tried real hard to do that. To me, those are kind of separate. They overhang a little bit, but still you have different battles in your life. Like, you know, if you, you know, you, you, have family issues, you have business issues, you have entertain, you know, other things that, you know, hobbies that are a big part of your life, whatever they might be. And so there are different areas of your life. So I have the, 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 the struggle and the battle as an Astro fan pretty much been won. It's been outstanding. That is fabulous. Saints side, you're in, you're in the struggle. You still got a lot of struggle and, and battle to do there, and you might be really in for a struggle and turning a new leaf to being back to kind of a have-not. That's what's scary right now. And so, no, those are those are totally separate. But speaking of the Astros, the whole idea, we've been talking here and there about this for several months now. That you know, there have been reports out there that the Astros are not going to re-sign their general manager, James Click. I, I again, how many of us know what's going on behind the scenes? Pretty much none of us. Uh, we keep hearing these reports that there are philosophical differences, and I'm sure there are. Uh, and we've heard some of the we've heard leakage. Um, even since they won the World Series, about some of the decisions that were made or not made, because of the difference of opinion between the GM and the owner, or the GM and Dusty, uh, all those situations. Uh, if you're, a, if I don't know that there is a GM out there that would accept a one-year contract after winning the World Series, so uh, it's it's not a good situation. Do I think it's possible? That the Astros could be really good next year with a different general manager? Of course it's possible. But I, you know, it it, it's nationally, the Astros are not highly thought of for all kinds of silly reasons. But this is one thing that's gonna people who are even on the fence about it are gonna be like, man, I just don't like that owner. Like that he's not, I mean, he's not doing this to please people, don't get me wrong, but it's not a good look it's hard for people to understand. And so it's almost like he knows he can't fire him, but if he puts him through this and Click decides to walk away, then he can do it that way. Seems like that's the case, just kind of strange. Again, I'm not all upset or anything. It's just hard for a lot of people to swallow that a GM might not be there after winning the World Series. All right, that's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow when it's Friday.
0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host Kevin Foot.
2: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111, an open hour of phone lines on the game hotline to close out this week. And again, if you have any thoughts about the Cajun victory last night, LSU's game tomorrow against Arkansas, any cause for concern? You know, the one thing that might be is, they, we call them trap games or letdown games or circumstance games. And and you just, uh, you know, you, you, you always hope that your team, after getting a big win, can follow it up the next week. But, you know, you just never know how the focus is going to be. For instance, Cajun fans are probably hoping that Florida State next week when they play them, they're going to be a little bit distracted. Florida State is playing at a really good Syracuse team tomorrow. And then they play their arch-rival Florida the week after that. So the Cajuns, you can add a sandwich between a big game against a, a team that's having a really nice season this year in Syracuse and then your big Florida, uh, state matchup with Florida in the, in the week after that. So obviously Florida State's fans and, and their players and their coaches are a whole lot more focused on Florida and Syracuse than they are the Cajuns, so maybe you can kind of – uh sneak a really nice performance in there. And so we'll see what, uh, if LSU can handle coming off an incredible victory and handle their you know way at Arkansas. But kind of like we were talking about with Tom, with McNeese, when it's a lot nicer when you, all you need to really do most of the time is turn around and hand it off or have your quarterback run, and you can run down the throat of the opponent, which a lot of teams have done with Arkansas this year, and that can help. As long as you don't turn over the football, of course. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Foot, these people that
5: are calling and telling you to not let the Astros, to not let the Saints ruin your mood about the Astros, that, that's got to be some of these, it's just a game crowd, people. Like, it's just a game. Whenever you, the Saints lose, they'll say it's just a game. Like, that. that that's the only people that can really say that because it, it, they, they have nothing to do with each other.
2: Uh, exactly. I try to explain that, but people don't get it. Yeah, they're like, they're not. If
5: it's, if it's if it's just a game to you, well then yeah, then yeah, don't let it ruin your mood. But to some of us that watch the game, it's not just a game. Like it's very important. Your life just doesn't just go on hold because the Astros won the World Series. Well, no, you got other problems in your life, including the Saints. Like I, if it's like I said, if it's just a game to you, then you can make a comment like that. But but people like us, we we can't.
2: It's kind of yeah, like if you're a parent and you have two kids, and some of us have more than two kids, and you have one kid who just never seems to do anything right, and then you have the other kid who seems to do everything right, and it's just like the pride and joy. So that because you're troubled and heavy-hearted about the one kid doesn't mean you can't still enjoy the successes of the other kid. They're different. They're separate, and you and you and you and both battles or both situations. Can be treated on its own merit or lack of. They don't. People don't get that.
5: Foot. I, I tried. I tried very hard. I, I really. I put forth a good effort to give up on the Saints. I really told myself I was done after after the game against the Ravens. I was like, I'm done with this season. And then the stupid Panthers had to win that game last night, and now I'm like, I'm all back in as if I I never even told myself that I was done with them, and now. I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to win a division. Like, what is wrong with me?
2: Well, there's nothing wrong with you. But, you know, what? my first reaction is when I heard that the Arnolds won last night, I hate the NFL. Like, I, I just, like, I'm thinking, you know what? The Saints would have a decent chance of beating Pittsburgh if they weren't cheated by the NFL with the scheduling I, and then, you know, all the stupid injuries. I do not understand how the world the Saints could be favored in this game. I mean, they, they're they're going over there with half a football team, totally beat up and not rested on a short week, and the Steelers ain't played in two weeks. I don't get it at all. There's no way the Saints should be favored in this game. No way.
5: But but they have half a football team too. I mean, they, uh, they're playing a rookie quarterback. They got rid of their best player. They're not any good. I mean, they're pretty much
2: in the no same no, no, no. Boat. Their best are. player. They you know, a talented roster. Their best player, just like in Arizona. It's coming back just in time for the Saints. T.J. Well, Watt I, 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 is their I, I, best player. Yeah, he, is. he and, is. And he's coming back just like Hopkins came back and killed the, the Saints and hadn't played all year. You know, if, if the minute Hopkins got a six-game suspension, you can say, well, I wonder who their seventh game's against. Well, you don't have to guess too long. You know who their seventh game's against. T.J. Watt's been out forever. Well, here, he, here, he is. I just wish somebody would take control of the
5: division. Any of these teams, like if, if, if the Buccaneers want to go ahead and take control of it this week, and that's fine, like whatever. Somebody take control of it because I, if if nobody takes control of it, and the Saints are still mathematically in it. I, I can't, I can't give up
2: on. Well, no, him. no you shouldn't give up on them. Forget about trying to. It, it's again, I know some of us have to do self-preservation. That's just cop-out, awful stuff. Like I, I'm, I, I'm at the uh, Cajun basketball game Monday, and, and and somebody looks at me and says, "You haven't given up on that game? What do you mean, give it up on it? Like they're still playing? I, I they're, they're, you still watching that? Of course. I mean, just. Like I don't understand these people. Like, and and you know, it's, it's they just so willy nilly about everything.
5: Yeah, I, I agree. I I heard some people were giving up, and I said I'm gonna give it a try, and it didn't work out for me. I just can't do it. Thanks,
2: Foot. Thanks for the call, man. I just hate the NFL. I me mean, just. And of course, if you haven't heard, only one time all season long, of all the games that are played. Of all 32 teams, there's only one team out of 32 that's got to play coming off a Monday night football game on a short week that has to play a team that did not play the week before. The only one. Guess who that is? But it's just coincidence. It's just, just coincidence. You know, it's it, just a computer glitch. Eh. If it's a computer glitch, then fix it. If you think the computer randomly, sp- randomly put the Broncos against Russell Wilson in the first Monday night game, then then you're pretty gullible. That is, That stuff is not done randomly. So this can be fixed randomly. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, you know, some good, some bad.
4: Uh, I hear you, Kevin. That's the... Kevin,
2: it's just a game.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just love somebody to tell you it's a game? Why are you getting all this? <laughs> uh, okay, Kevin, I've been holding this since yesterday when you're talking to you, boy, Luke. Okay, so let me go through this scenario. James has played, um, what, nine or ten games? Oh. I mean, how many games did he really play in?
2: Really? I mean, in yeah, my rest, opinion, yeah. he hasn't played in a real game yet.
4: Well, yeah, well, yeah I don't care. I, I, I can't think you all that. I heard you say that yesterday. I know exactly what that means. But let's just tell me how many games he played in. Nine? Nine? You know,
2: not the preseason, you know, first four pre- well, Manny, wait real. a minute, man. You think those first three games he played in, no. you could evaluate him in those first three no, games? No,
4: no, that's what I'm trying to yeah,
2: – Exactly, so I'm it's funny. not a real if, game.
4: If, if you just look at – yeah, I mean, for the late person, not for, you know, the the maniacal people like you and me. and the, 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 the you know, Let's just say, if for any regular human being to say, he played in nine games or 10 games. So you mean to tell me that they decided in nine games that Davis is not the quarterback of the future, okay? He's healthy. We're not putting him back on there. We're done. And Andy Dalton is our quarterback, and we know that he's not the quarterback of the future. Because he's never been—I mean, he was a Cincinnati quarterback for what a decade, and you know they won some regular-season games, and had some success, and he managed the game. And as soon as they got in the playoffs, you know they lost. And that he's zero
2: and he's Owen one forty-two. And I'm exaggerating. The guy, the guy, yeah. that guy hadn't won a—I uh, was skinny the last time he won a, a primetime right.
4: game. A- exactly. Okay. So, all right. So, Chris. All right, Kevin, I just wanted to lay the groundwork. So what? We have no quarterback, and we have no means to get a quarterback. So what's the plan, Kevin? What is the plan? I know it's a team game, but you got it makes your team a lot better when you have a good quarterback. Just like when you have a good running, two good running backs. And when you have a good offensive line, defensive line, blah 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 blah. blah, blah. So, what's the plan? How are we going to get
2: a "quote unquote" serviceable? No, again, I, 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 Manny, I get you, I get your question, but I also get that you still have a chance to make the playoffs, so you have to try to make it. I, I just and, and so again, I, I get for two or three games, the decision. I get why they did what they did, even though I didn't like did
4: it. Pass, kids, what they did but Andrew Dalton, Kevin, how can it hurt to put Jameis Winston back in there? I mean, it's not, I, 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 you only got one running back. You you got to try to do something with the quarterback throwing the ball, right, you know, down, around, throwing it down the field. You can't. You, you got one professional running back, and you got one real receiver. You know, you got to do something in combination with seven or with James, Kevin. So my concern is, listen, I I I'm, I wish I could be optimistic like y'all and keep on saying every week when we lose, hey, our conference, our division's terrible. Hey, Kevin, listen, forget about that. We we in the division. We're not going to the playoffs, Kevin. Forget about that. This team is lost. Awesome. So don't you think they should try to figure out how to save our franchise from going through a five-year tanking somehow or another? I mean, I I just sit and wonder and ponder how on earth are we going to get a serviceable, productive quarterback by Van Dalton, Cutting, Jameis, and what? And what? I mean, (laughs) uh, 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 next time you talk to somebody, an expert, On the New Orleans Saints, Kevin. Maybe you can say, and what do they think is going to happen to our future?
2: Well, again, Luke Luke obviously believes that the Saints believe that the quarterback is not on the roster. So he's just doing what – no
4: How are we going to get one? I believe that too, Kevin. I believe it wholeheartedly because I really don't think – But I I understand why everyone thinks
2: that, but I want to see him play a real game first so I can evaluate
4: it. That's why I think he should be put back in. I thought he should have been put back in when he was immediately deemed healthy. I would love to see him play eight or ten games in a row. Yes. Healthy and see what he could do. But, I I mean, I I don't really believe he's it, but I'm not 100% sure. I would love to see him play some more games, but apparently (laughs) they are not... Going in either of those directions, him or Andy Dalton, so my question is, how are we going to get one? I mean, who's it going to be we don't have a draft? I mean, you know, can't even take, if you want, you know, quote unquote, if you want to tank. we couldn't take yeah, you know, draft pick. Yeah. And People are, oh, we're going to get this from Sean bait and that's a pipe dream, that's la la, never, never land, Oz, just so, man, I, I, I just want to see how they're gonna field
2: the team at Pittsburgh on Sunday. I I don't think they're gonna be able to field the team. They don't nobody. Everybody's hurt. No, I, I don't plays. even know how they're gonna field a competitive team. It's pitiful. Uh, well, anyway, I, I, I I agree, Kevin. I agree. With you, though, you know, you and I. Mean, they just they never play. Like no one on this team likes to play. It's unbelievable. All right, thanks for so, the call, Manny. All
4: right, okay, Kevin. Later.
2: Oh, man. Oh, Manny's. Man, he's in frustration overload. And look, I get it. I just, I, I get that concern. I just can't worry about that right now. I, and saying that, I do want James to play. So I guess I'm somewhat concerned about. It. I just want to see it. I already know what Andy Dalton is. I don't need to know what he is. You already know what he is. <sighs> Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin, if you don't know
3: how Andy Dalton is from years ago, watching him play, I mean,
4: come on, he's one of those—he's one of those quarterbacks
3: that—it's a shame because he's capable as far as his his arm, but if you're looking at other factors, he's just not there. So, not—he's not consistent. You can forget it. He's just not. So we, we already know that.
1: Now, I'm your how you want to win guy. And man, I come up with a weird score. I'm I'm looking at maybe the twenties.
4: What are you thinking?
2: Well, I mean, I, you know, again, I, I I think the only way they can win is if they just if they gotta be at least a plus two and maybe a plus three. Now, again, you're you're playing a quarterback that's thrown a lot of interceptions, so I'm not saying it's impossible. But 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 turnovers not only that's not only is that the way that I would like to win. I think it's the only way to win because they're not going to be fielding a competitive football team. I mean, yeah. like no one's playing in this game unless unless all these injury reports are different. Then I think that from what I've heard, I mean, no one's playing in this game. So I, I don't I don't know how they're going to do it. So I, I uh, uh, plus three. That's the only way I can see.
3: <laughs> God, you know what? It, it just might happen. I, I know it needs to happen.
4: For sure, plus two. And, you know, football is cuckoo.
2: The one thing is, just like the Cajuns own Georgia Southern, and the Cajuns own Texas State, the Saints own the Steelers. So, I that's one of the teams the Saints own, so I'm hoping somehow history smiles on me again.
4: Yeah. Okay, Kevin. Thanks um, for the call, it, sir. It, it, all right, bye.
2: Have a good weekend. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more on the other side on the game.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary.
2: The Little MVPs.
0: The Little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and footnotes on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Oh, is that appropriate? It's a long, the Saints are a long way from where they need to be and we want them to be or most of us want them to be. Uh, we'll see if they can do it. Welcome back to footnotes on the game. You know, someone reminded me yesterday, one of our callers who's a uh, Steeler fan, reminded me yesterday that the Saints are playing against the guy we were calling Bobby Scott. The Saints are playing against Bobby Scott is the starting quarterback of the Steelers. I mean, you want to talk about add insult to injury. If the Saints lose to Bobby Scott on Sunday. Oh. Bobby Scott is the starting quarterback of the Steelers. And the Saints are going to probably lose to him because they, you know, they don't have any players and the NFL cheated them on the schedule. Bobby Scott might be the Saints. That is just awful. But also kind of gives you a little hope. Maybe Bobby Scott will mess it up. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning. Good morning.
5: Hey, so so I got a
3: really silly question. So tell me why uh, old Marblemouth has is, is been on the sideline of the UL game, and and that's Coach O. What's he doing over there?
2: Well, his son is like, uh, I don't know, what do they call him? One of these either analysts, quality control, one of these support, you know, part of the support st- on the staff. So he's not like, like, a position coach, but he's he's on the staff somewhere. So he has a it's, his son is part of the program.
4: I
3: was, I was just curious. I mean, yeah. I'm tired of seeing that guy. He needs to just go, go, go with uh go with Sean Payton and be somewhere. Get out of here. But uh, I mean, if Manny's giving up on on the Saints too, y'all ain't bad. So Manny's now, uh,
2: <laughs> Manny, man, I mean, Manny was bad, all negative. Kevin.
3: Yeah. And Manny's like he's the best caller y'all got. He's, he's the most knowledgeable guy. Oh
2: man, you know? Manny's giving it.
3: Y'all gotta just put y'all gotta just put seven in and let him ride though the rest of the year, man. I don't I don't know what to tell you.
2: You know what? They actually might, that might be the wisest thing to do because you know what? At least that would do was make people tackle him instead of having him be on the sideline because they're too stupid to play him.
4: Correct, correct.
3: Yeah. But uh, I mean, you might have to be playing uh, Trubisky too going to be playing against that bum. So y'all definitely got a shot.
2: I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Well, we, we got to have players. We don't have any players. Could
5: be, the Bears. Could be worse. <laughs> well,
2: at least y'all can score right now. Uh, yeah, we can't throw, but we could run. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Boy, it'd be nice to run the football. Well, that's a novel cut. Run the football. It would be nice. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
1: Hey, Kev. How you
2: doing, man? Oh, man. I'm just. Not good it it, it could good, be buddy. think about it if things go well and the saints can figure out a way to beat bobby scott then uh, <laughs> it, it's possible it could be tied for first come monday morning
1: oh i know it, it's just crazy uh, <laughs> i was thinking i fully believe and and I, I may be wrong and i know you hate the word tank but when when Carolina decided to, you know, fire Matt Rule and trade Christian McCaffrey, you know, they obviously had given up on, on this
2: season, and we're looking toward the future. And all of
1: a sudden, they might win the division. You know, it's I mean, three zero in the division.
2: Look, I'll take it. I, I mean, again, I, 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 I'll take it. But especially if they can get somewhat healthy. Like, let's just and again, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to win Sunday. I think if the NFL was no. fair, they'd have a fighting chance. But but like, if you have no May and no Werner and and you know who knows how many offensive linemen, no McCoy and, and that's they won is still not. I mean, who, how are they gonna win a game and how many players? But, um, but but if they do happen to win a game and they can beat Bobby Scott, then then maybe by the if they get into his playoffs at seven and ten or whatever and they're healthy, then I think they can win. I mean, they can't beat the Eagles, but there are. Te- I think they could beat the Vikings. I think they could beat a lot of these teams that are going to make the playoffs if they get healthy. But, uh, but oh, man, that's a big if. Well,
1: and, and it's, it seems like as soon as one guy gets healthy, then another guy goes. That's what's so frustrating. You know, you, last week we were actually going into the game, the healthiest we've been all year. I think we had five guys out. Um and then all of a sudden, boom! You know, now now your offensive line is just a patchwork, piece a mess, and that doesn't bode well, you know, for for sure this Sunday. Now, but,
2: now I heard know, I think Kyle Turley's off IR.
1: Oh yeah, well he is off IR, but they said he that was doesn't mean he's ready to play. The, but at least yeah, it, you're right
2: on the horizon
1: he maybe. Was, yeah, he was working with the trainer on on the side, but I'm more worried about. You know, I know Ruiz played center in college. That's fine. He said he'd, he's comfortable there. That's fine. But the, the drop off, and he was actually playing a lot better at guard this year. But the drop off to the to Calvin Throckmorton is huge. You know, so I I, I don't know. I mean, we get sacked four times last week, and I don't. You know, and T.J. White comes back. I Lord have mercy. He, he, we got to have some some short options, some some quick passes. Use a short passing game to to set up a run. It I was looking at the weather forecast in Pittsburgh and um, it's supposed to be torrential rain Saturday. So, so number one, the field's going to more than likely be a sloppy field because it's a it's a natural grass field. And and then the high is thirty nine Sunday with thirteen mile an hour winds. So, you know, it, pretty cold and, and probably sloppy. So it's gonna be one of those nasty games, very very likely to, you know, be a turnover prone game i just hope like you said i that's the only way but but how can you realistically think we can get three turnovers and we have two two interceptions on the whole year i don't care if kenny pickett even tries to throw it to our guys i don't think they can catch it
2: Bob, I mean, it, and bobby scott we trust that's the only thing i can think of gotta hope bobby scott it, comes through for us
1: i'm gonna tell you what the the the, the replace the 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 back end of this secondary has been so disappointing with Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I just, I just can't believe how bad it got. And, and like you said, I mean, obviously Warren, are we going to miss him big time? I I just, I don't see it, you know, but, but you know, Kevin, this is, and I'm going to hang up and, and listen after this, but I, look, I, I get it. Football's a rough game. People get hurt. I can't, I'm not in Michael Thomas's body. I'm not in uh, whoever, you know, Trevor Penning's body. I can't see how they're feeling or whatever. But you can't tell me there aren't some players who play through injuries that we are out from four to six weeks at. I I just I refuse to believe that. I I just think there – when you look at the Mario Davis that's missed one game in his whole career, you can't tell me he didn't do it up on some days when he could have been on the IR. I I just think there's – a lack of will with a few of these guys. And, I, you know, that's just my opinion.
2: Appreciate the call. Thanks. You know, I, I, again, you know me, I don't ever go down that road. But the thing that I don't get is how many times this year the Saints have a player that they obviously think are only going to be out one or two weeks or they put them on IR. And then they, they don't play for six or eight weeks. Like, I, I, I just don't understand the disconnect between the diagnosis and how long people are out? Or are they just so stupid that you got people that, you know, are going to be out for six weeks and instead of putting them on IR, they don't. I mean, I I can't believe that's the case, but, I mean, that's the part that frustrates me. Like these guys, oh, they're going to be back in a week or two, and then six weeks later they still haven't played. Seriously, it's that's day one, Marshawn Lattimore. Is he going to play all season? Is he Is he ever coming back? Is he ever gonna play again this season? They gotta have him. They have to. And and, and there's no reason to believe he's gonna play again this week. It, it's 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 incredible. Not again this week. Again. By the way, if no one know, if, if if you're listening and you're saying, why does he keep talking about Bobby Scott? First of all. Every time I hear that name, it just makes me laugh. Bobby Scott was a backup quarterback for the Saints in the 70s. He was drafted, actually, out of Tennessee the same year that, in the draft, that the Saints drafted Archie Manning in 1971. And he was the backup for a year. And he had a few moments. And when Archie was hurt, he played here and there. He had He had one really good game, I remember, against the St. Louis Cardinals in about Seventy-five, maybe, and threw for a bunch of yards. He's just, you know, a backup. And when we were going through the draft last year, and Kenny Pickett's name come—I don't even know how we got to that—but somehow we named, him we nicknamed him Bobby Scott, just because Bobby Scott's funny. I mean, if you, if you weren't, if you're not my age and you weren't a Saints fan back then. You, you you probably can't get it, but every time I hear someone say the name Bobby Scott, it just makes me laugh. I can't explain it. It's just it's just it's just a fact of life. It just makes me laugh. I just think it's funny. But anyway, um, we nicknamed Kenny Pickett Bobby Scott, and um, well, I hope he plays like Bobby Scott did, except for that game against the Cardinals. That I'm remembering, it seemed like he threw I don't know he threw for a lot. I have to go back and look it up. It seemed like he threw for a lot of yards in that game. And, and and now, as far as Bobby Scott, Bobby Scott is kind of his stats are a little, I guess, hard to understand a little bit. He's completing 68% of his passes this year. But he has two touchdowns passing and eight interceptions. Now, he also has two touchdowns rushing. So he's obviously run a little bit. Um, He's been sacked 12 times. They have serious offensive line issues, and they've had them for a while, the Steelers. Uh, Najee Harris is averaging 3.3 yards a carry. So they haven't run the football. They can't protect the quarterback. And they just traded, you know, their first or second best receiver. Now, their best player is Watt, and he hasn't been playing. He got hurt in the opener, didn't he? And he hasn't played since then. of course, he comes back the week that they play the Saints. Of course, that happens. But um, so, look, this, again, the reason why I'm so angry at the NFL is the Saints, even when they get to play another team that has issues, the NFL makes it not a fair fight in that the Saints are coming off uh, a Monday night game and having to travel against a team that's coming off a bye week. I mean that's just not even that, I mean it's just it's so wrong and no one's going to say anything about it but it's so wrong that it's just ridiculous. Like this is not even. I mean at least when you're playing a struggling team that you have a good history against like at least make it a fair fight. Like can, can you at least do that? And again, I've said it for years and I know a lot of you don't agree with me on that, but I think you're wrong. It's a free opinion. It's a free country. If you want to have a wrong opinion, go ahead and have it. But it's way worse, way worse when a league cheats a team than when the other team cheats a team. Way worse because it's not the other team's chance um, responsibility to ensure fair play. It's the league's responsibility to ensure fair play. I'm not going to get mad at the other team for trying to cheat, you know, they trying to jump offside or trying to entice you. And, uh, you know, I've heard things like, you know, they, they try to simulate um, snap counts and get you to jump offside. All the little tricks of a game that people do to try to get an edge. Yeah, it'd be better if they didn't do it, but I'm not going to, I can only get so mad at them. It's the league's responsibility to ensure fair play. So nothing is worse than when the league cheats you, and that's what the NFL is doing. And you know what? They don't care. And nothing is going to be done about it because everyone has this idea. Well, you know, I didn't. That oh well, oh well, well that's the computer. You know, some people think that's just oh, that's just the luck of the draw in the computer. Well, no, fix it, fix it. It it's not. It, there's no way you can convince me it's that hard. to to fix there's no way I hope somehow they can still overcome getting cheated by the NFL and all the injuries and all the ineptitude and, and find a way to beat Bobby Scott that would be tremendous all right let's take a timeout we'll come back you see they got me all fired up I was trying to be calm today can't do it we'll be back on the game stay tuned Welcome back as a sports fan, especially this year with the Saints. I am, and last year and the year before, a serious victim of love. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you if you have not joined the Game Rewards Club, you need to do it. Christmas is around. The corner, You could get uh, some great stocking stocking stuffers. That's always two words that's hard for me to say back-to-back. Or if you just need some relief from a hectic time, the holiday season's about to be here. Well, you could argue it's already here. But uh, it's about to be here. Or if you're a serious Saints fan and you're all stressed out about all the injuries and everything else going on or whatever, you would like to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesters Steakhouse, $25 to Mabel's Kitchen, or $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House. You can only win if you join. So go today to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the game rewards club. All right. If you have any thoughts about the Saints or the Cajuns win last night, LSU's game tomorrow against Arkansas. I was about to say big game when you just got finished playing Alabama and you played Ole Miss earlier and you played Tennessee earlier I don't know that you would say this is a big game but it's big because you have a chance potentially to do something really big and so it's a means to an end like I was saying earlier when you're really good most games you play is a means to an end and it's hard to really appreciate those wins because they're just part of the process but uh one of the reasons why a team shows can show progress, or one of the ways I should say a team can really show progress, is to make those means to an end games um, look like you know what you're doing. And 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 if LSU uh, goes to Arkansas and just pounds them, then don't take that for granted. That's impressive it, it you know it, it it's easy to get up for Alabama. It's not always easy to get up for Arkansas a week after you beat Alabama so uh, we'll see the maturity level and um you know sometimes things don't go your way but we'll see h- h- how that plays out and again if you still time if you'd like to talk high school football as well but I was talking today about the circumstance games and who you play and who you next play. The Cajuns, the game that most of us would say matters the most right now. I understand the old coaching cliche is the game that matters the most is the next game. I get that. But the the game after the next game is the Texas State game. And just to kind of start, Keep an eye if you're a serious Cajun fan. Uh, Texas State is playing at South Alabama tomorrow. Texas State is 3-6 on the season. Oh, you say, what? Well, they're just terrible. Actually, they're better this year. I think Texas State has made progress. They're 3-6, and six, yes, but they lost <clears throat> 31-30 to Monroe. They lost 20-14 to Southern Miss, and they lost 17-14 Troy same Troy team the Cajuns just got beat by the same Southern Miss team that crushed the Cajuns with all them turnovers in Hattiesburg a few weeks ago lost to them by six lost at Troy by three and beat Appalachian State think about that so Texas State do the Cajuns own them historically they absolutely do But, again, that's not an All-American W. They've had some really close calls against some top-to-middle-of-the-road Sunbelt teams. Troy might win the whole league. They lost that Troy 17-14. And, again, they beat App. So they're playing at South Alabama this week, and then they play Arkansas State at home the weekend that the Cajuns play Florida state next weekend. And then they host the Cajuns at home. So not a great, the point is not a great circumstance game other than the fact that historically the Cajuns just own Texas state. And again, I I didn't, they kind of own not as emphatically as they own Texas state, but they kind of, you know, they're five and one now against Georgia Southern, you know, I can remember towards the end of the Coach Hudd era, where they, you know, they were in the, they were in the midst of just total controversy. Just not a lot of good stuff happening in the program, and they went, they went to Statesboro and beat Georgia Southern when no one thought they were going to do it. They just kind of have Georgia Southern's number to Cajun, except for that one game, and Texas State, Cajuns just, they just they beat them by double figures every time they play them. And we'll see if they continue. But just to keep an eye on Texas State, again, they're playing at South Alabama this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they do it. And, um, you know, the Cajuns are going to have a week and a half, and and they're going to need to take advantage of it. Again, especially at the quarterback position. I mentioned it a little bit an hour ago. I don't really know what the Cajuns are going to do <clears throat> if Ben Wilridge – Look, we asked Coach Des about it last night. He said he he was able to finish the game, so they're kind of, I don't know exactly, word for word, but essentially what he said was they were able to finish the game. They're hoping he can be better. Everything will be okay. Uh, We'll see. Uh, You know, I think he's been injured for a while now, playing with injuries, and there was one or two times when he came off the field last night that if you were watching, it didn't look real good. Like, I, I really didn't think... That he was going to come, that possession that started with, I don't know, four or five minutes, maybe it was a little more than that, where they started from inside their 10 uh, after they forced Georgia Southern to turn it over on downs. I I, I really kind of expected another quarterback to go out there. I really kind of expected Chandler to. But Ben went out there. So uh, we'll see how how he progresses or doesn't progress health-wise, and you just wonder. Again, I got to believe they're going to have this discussion. If, like, do you play him if he's hurt? And, again, I don't know the extent of the injury or whether it's something rest can help or whether it's just a pain tolerance thing. I don't know any of that. But if it's something that a week of rest can help, do you think about sitting him against Florida State thinking, you know, we really need him to be healthy for this Texas State game? Or do you just play football? Ah, uh, you know, that that's a tough, that's a tough one. And I'm sure Ben, um I'm sure Ben is really, really, really gonna want to play. I mean, I get it. Uh, again, not an easy call unless the doctor says, well, he can't play. Now, the doctor can make a call pretty easily. But for a coach and a quarterback, if the doctor doesn't make the call, what do you do? Again, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit here. Uh, maybe this is something we can discuss a little more. It's just something... You know, you were watching and observing last night. He didn't look real good coming off the field a couple times. And so we'll see how. I was surprised he finished the game, but he did. So we'll see. Kind of take that thought, put it on the shelf, and we'll kind of revisit next week. We'll see, one, what what Coach Dez says. Not that he's going to be real revealing, but we'll see what he says in the Monday, weekly Monday press conference. And then we'll um, see how it goes on as the week goes. The other thing in my mind is thinking about. I, you know, I'm not a big weather report guy, but I think it was Ralph that said he looked at the weather report and it's going to be pouring down rain on tomorrow in Pittsburgh. And then it's going to be a high of 39 and maybe kind of ugly weather. Boy, it would be nice if the Saints had a running back. Like, You got a Z28, who you're trying to make a dump truck, but let me tell y'all, he's not a dump truck. He doesn't run hard enough to be a dump truck. So who in the world is going to run the ball in ugly weather? Dwayne Washington? You want Dwayne Washington to run the ball in ugly? Well, Jordan Howard better be ready. And they better play him in this game, and he better not fumble. I mean, really, you might ought to just go, like, if it's really bad, just 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 run Batman in the shotgun. I mean, in the, in the Wildcat over and over again. Jordan Howard better play in this game, and he better be ready because they're going to need some of that. It's going to be – I can see it now. It's going to be a really stressful Sunday afternoon. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. And we finish out, man, this has been a crazy week again. And there hasn't been one normal day. I mentioned it, I think it was yesterday. Football season, you tend to get pretty regimented and you kind of do the same thing every day for three months, and, and this week, it you know, with the election and the Thursday football game, it just seems like every day was just not what normally is. And um, so I'm kind of a creature of habit, so I've been kind of feeling like my head's spinning all week. And um, it would be nice if come Sunday we get a little bit of a surprise. Bobby Scott needs to lose. <laughs> we, need, we need Bobby Scott to not win. <sighs> I, I just I just don't see it. But to when you when you have if the again, who knows? Maybe the weather report's not gonna turn out to be as bad as what we were discussing earlier. But but if it is, you know, sometimes it could be really bad. I mean, they could fumble like crazy and just give them the game with fumbles, or they could win a game that they're probably not really ready to win if the other team turns it over. So, you know, who knows? Neither one of these teams are playing at a real high level right now, and I don't care. I mean, if they win whatever one to nothing on a rouge, I wouldn't care. I mean, I just they just need to win this game somehow i don't know how it could happen but they need to win this game and hope they can get a little healthier start playing with a little more confidence and then maybe a month from now they can start playing like they should have been playing all season long or since like week three you can dream i mean you can dream you you know you 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 just kind of hope that's the case and uh You know, maybe it will be. But right now, again, you can't worry about what it looks like. You just got to find a way to win because I really think Seattle's got a fighting, more than a fighting chance to beat the Yucks. I mean, the Seahawks are one of the surprise teams in the league this year. They clearly outplayed the Yucks to to date. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but I like their chances. So somehow the Saints need to figure out a way to beat Bobby Scott. Y'all have a nice weekend.